This is a download from News Talk 106 to 108. To download other programmes or for more information, go to newstalk.ie. Talking Books on News Talk 106 to 108. And you're very welcome back to Talking Books on News Talk 106 to 108 with me, Susan Cahill. If you want to get in contact with the show, why don't you drop me an email at talkingbooks at newstalk.ie. Or if you've missed any of our programmes to date, don't worry, they're all podcasted and up on the website. So just check out our programme page at www.newstalk.ie forward slash talkingbooks. OK, I've got a very interesting author for you next. She's young, talented and brilliant fun. Alex Barkley is one of Ireland's most successful crime writers. Her books are set in Colorado and are based around an intriguing FBI agent called Wren, who plays it all very left field. Well, Alex popped into News Talk earlier in the week and told me about her latest thriller, the sequel to the incredibly successful Blood Loss. I went straight in for the kill and asked Alex how she got interested in crime fiction. I did. I couldn't resist it. That was what I grew up reading. So I had a good 14, 15 years of reading crime novels and I couldn't imagine ever writing anything romantic. Although I do have some romantic storylines in there with my characters. Um, It wasn't the area that drew me and it wasn't what I read. So straight in there, butchering and murdering. And can you tell me about your new book? I've just written the sequel to Blood Loss, which is called Harm's Reach. Um, It's out in March and at the moment, um, I'm putting the final touches to it. It tells the story of a woman who's found dead on a very quiet road in Colorado. My FBI agent, Ren Bryce, arrives on the scene and has to obviously work out what happens. And then it goes into all different dark paths and we discover a family with a lot of deep, dark secrets. I like secrets. And the FBI, you're a very attractive 30-something female. What got you interested in the FBI? I was always interested in the landscape of the US as a location because it's so vast. Therefore, the crime analysis and the crime procedural elements in the US were really attractive to me. And I did always think FBI agents were cool. And I still think that. And I've met wonderful FBI agents and, you know, they very much are how they appear in the media. Um, But yeah, I really liked it. I thought that was more the area that interested me and that would attract me and I also wanted to spend my time doing something that I loved. I mean, it's very easy to to forget that the writer is spending a year with each of these books usually. So I have to be doing something that motivates me. And you're spending a year with the characters. Yeah, Blood Loss is set in Breckenridge in Colorado, um, a gorgeous little small town. So you have the juxtaposition of a beautiful town and this horrible disappearance of two girls, uh, one of whom was babysitting the other in one of the hotels. And what I've done there is created worst case scenario for anyone. I mean, for obviously for parents, but for a reader as well to be put immediately into that situation at the very start. And I wanted to show the impact of that, the emotional impact. And no matter what, I'm writing crime. It's really all about emotion and a full spectrum of emotion. And that's what you will get with all the books. You want to feel all the emotions that the characters are going through and you want to feel that fear in a safe environment. And what's interesting about blood loss is there's lots of murky buried memories. Yes. And I think that's what we're all drawn to is figuring stuff out and everybody has a secret um, some are huge secrets some are tiny little ones but the secrets that you have um, and that other people are hiding they are revealed in different ways and people give things away and I like the fact that you can pick up a book and unravel 
what's going on. And with blood loss, there are a couple of different strands of there are a couple of different storylines. So you have to get in there and work out how they all uh, interconnect. Presumably, you go to Colorado quite a bit. Has your approach to Rembrandt that changed over the years? No, I find Ren is very much like a friend that I have. So I feel that she's very easy to write and evolves with each book very naturally. I often write a lot of Ren's personal life stories at the start um, because I don't write chronologically. So I find with every book that she features in, I'll write something of what's going on in her personal life. Um, Ren is bipolar and obviously that impacts on her work and we're interested in both and I love writing both sides to her. So if she has bipolar and she's an FBI agent, she has tremendous periods of activity and then suddenly she goes under. So for me when Ren is manic that's when she's at her most dramatic and it's really great fun to write um, and we're watching her taking risks and doing all the things she isn't supposed to be doing and also she's willing herself to stay manic because she feels that she's at her best even though we can all see that the crash is coming. So Ren leans more towards mania and I I feel I'm not going to write a whole book of somebody who's depressed and doing that job because it's just not going to be dramatically exciting and if she was in a deep depression she it would be likely she wasn't working so I, I stick with her either stable or teetering or manic. And are there days of the week when you're having a cup of coffee or in a in a coffee shop or you're walking down the road and Ren comes into your head and you're having a conversation with her? Is it like a friend that you kind of miss and you kind of write that email to them in your head as you're walking down the road? Is that the way it happens? That's a lovely way of looking at it. Um, and now that you mention it, yeah, she does come to me with little ideas and I write them down. If I'm not at my desk, I'll, you know, put a text into my phone and save, save that. If anyone ever finds my phone though and looks at some of my texts they're crazy because they're all about murder and horrible things Um, and she is present because I just feel it's a job where you never switch off it's always there and it's always a pleasure it's not like an intrusive thought that uh, you know that in any way is unwanted so I'm always open to what messages are sent my way and she's one of those characters yeah that that will arrive at any given moment and it's fun it's fun And how do you deal with the grim research part of the job? Like I imagine it's wonderfully interesting and you're meeting all these FBI people and finding out about these crimes and the kind of characters or personalities around it but some of the details must be absolutely real voting. They are and it's very harrowing doing the real life research because I know when I sit down at my desk I'm completely making everything up and nobody's harmed and yes I am creating real people in that sense but they're fiction and what I find is if I spend a lot of time researching it really gets on top of you and I've seen things that I can't unsee um, and I know things that I'd really rather not know but that I need to know so I try and balance it that I'll maybe set a day aside for all of those awful cases that I don't really want to read about but I am drawn to I am interested in them as well but it's walking away and having to accept that there's a horrible strand of society out there that is happy to harm people And how do the FBI rate you? I have no idea <laughs> um, I'm, I'm lucky that I have a wonderful uh, FBI agent who reads the books before they're published and he always has kind words to say but he does say that he would have fired Ren uh, a long time ago <laughs> And so you've never got into trouble in America, so? No, never. And I know that you've moved into children's fiction now and you have a very exciting new book out called Curse of Kings. Why did you make that transition? And did you feel that was necessary for you as a writer to explore new genres? I never wanted to feel limited, that was for sure, but I 
was drawn to the story. I came up with the character of Oland Bourne, a 14-year-old servant to the bad guys in a kingdom where the nice king has been overthrown and his partner in crime, Delphi, a 14-year-old girl. And they came very much fully formed, really, and I couldn't ignore it. But I had to set it aside at the time because I was working on the sequel to my first book. So I left it there and the time was right a couple of years ago to go back to it. I absolutely loved writing Curse of Kings. I'm working on the sequel at the moment. I love it. There'd be no genre that I would rule out. I would do anything. Um, I I just think it's wonderful to be writing and I write short stories as well. They're very different and I just feel always that I'm guided to the story and I'm drawn to characters and that's what motivates me a lot more than sitting there and actually analysing my career as a whole. It's more here's a story, here are characters. I will follow them wherever they will go. And that was Alex Barkley talking to me about about her new book, The Curse of Kings. Well, last week we heard from the great Colm Tobin at the Red Line Books Festival. And if you want to listen back to that interview, why don't you check out our programme page? Just go to www.newstalk.ie forward slash talking books. And just to let you know, we'll play the extended interview with Colm in a few weeks' time. So plenty to look forward to. Now we're going to go on to a topic that is hugely important, yet rarely spoken about. It's the issue of adult literacy. I got a chance to sit down with two of Ireland's most celebrated writers, Georgia Purcell and Dermot Bulger, who along with writer Patricia Scannon and the Open Door series, are tireless champions of adult literacy. Hello, my name is Deirdre Purcell. Hello, my name is Dermot Bulger. Well, as you know, Susan, literacy is absolutely vital for living. It's a very, very big issue in the third world. It's an issue here. As you know, it's an issue all over the world. It was Patricia Scanlon, actually, who asked me to start writing uh, literacy books. I'm doing my third at the moment. And um, it is a very challenging thing to do. It's only when you start writing a literacy book, I'm sure Dermot will actually agree with this, that you realise how you take for granted what your own vocabulary is, how you can spell it, how you can put it on paper and transmit your thoughts through it. It's only when you are forced to actually think like a person who is learning to simplify to not include clauses or long sentences and everything it just goes to show you how difficult it is for people to learn to read once they've missed the childhood opportunity and Dermot do you think we take literacy for granted in Ireland um the people who who can't read don't and I'm not being funny there but as a writer um the book I'm most proud of probably is my book in the open door series which which is in as well uh published by New Ireland and edited by Patricia Scan and this wonderful series the open door which has gone all around the world and it began as a tool for one-to-one literacy learning has now been used by people coming into the country and everything else and you never forget the first book you read I remember the first book I had adult book I read was Oscar Wilde's Picture of Dorian Gray and people write to me and like they're 40 and 50 years of age and the first book they've ever read is my book in a serious name uh, I can't remember what it's called and and it's, oh, it's, called, it's called in high Germany sorry and uh, but it's great when somebody says it's the first time I ever saw read a book through and, and then they write you very grown up count of what they feel about the book and everything else and that that's a rare privilege because I mean, there are thousands of books out there and been read by people all the time but when somebody's encountering words for the first time and you're part of that process that that's special. And I suppose books can really empower people, they can liberate people and take them on a whole new journey in life. Well, Arthur Skagel once said that his, his father read a page of the dictionary every night that if you didn't understand the words, the bastards would screw you down. I mean, and there's a lot to be said for that. So, I mean, like, this is why in, in, in Orwell's 1984, they, when they walk on the dictionary, they're taking words out the whole time because the less words you have, the less you're able to understand the subtleties of language and the more you're likely to be screwed over by life. And 
the more words you have, the more you understand, the more you can read, then the more you can navigate your way around the very difficult business of living. And Deirdre, can you describe the typical man or woman that takes part in the Open Door programme? There's no such thing, as you probably know, as a typical person in one of these workshops or classes what you have usually are the median I think would be middle-aged because people get to a certain stage in life where they realize what they're missing what they're missing out on what their children are doing and they're not able to participate so that that to me seems to be the a trigger point where they suddenly realize well look at I can do this if my child can do it I can help the child with the homework or if it's a universal thing that people can do I can do it too they usually have missed out for social reasons poverty educational interest to put it that way they were the dunces or the class clowns put at the back and they felt quite early on is my experience that they were hopeless and they just were out of the loop and at a certain stage there's a trigger. It could be a child, it could be a spouse, it could be someone they meet, it could be some word they've heard. This is what I always hope, that it's some word they've heard on a television series that doesn't mean anything to them and they would like to do like everyone else to go to the dictionary and find out what it means and they can't. So there's all kinds of reasons why people do it. It's certainly to be welcomed and NALA, the Adult Literacy Association and Patricia Scanlon and New Island are really to be complimented on the whole thing. I think that just the Irish education system in certain decades was ideologically driven 